Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, The Strange Goings On with Doctor Strange 2. We travel to the lost mines of Vendover and we look back upon movie history. All this and more as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Cheryl Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening and watching all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friends. On this occasion, it is Josh who is sometimes cool for pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Got to listen to his great show, Topic Ocalypse, and of course, his hit book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? I am sometimes cool, all right? Not all the time, but sometimes cool. Sometimes cool, indeed. Also with us today on a great episode is my good friend as well. you got to check out all this great stuff at Go Brothers Gaming on Facebook when they're doing as far as video games between he and his brother and so much more. It is Octavio Gomez. And Octavio, thanks for jumping on with us today. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me yet again. You know, I just feel like I'm along for the ride pretty often. No problem. That's great to have you here. You're, you know you're part of the PCC team, my friend. It's just great to have you aboard. And the reason why, of course, you're going to be here is because later on in the program, not only are you going to tell us about some of the great things going on with video games that are helping you get through this quarantine period, but also as well, you and I, along with Robert Gibson and Roger Hamilton, will be traveling the Lost Minds of Fendive part of our first foray into the world of Dungeons & Dragons. So we're going to give you a little bit of clip of that coming up here later in the episode. Also as well, it's a year ago. Can you believe it? A year has gone by since Avengers Endgame stormed into theaters and broke all the records out there for box office history. So we're going to go ahead and play a little bit of our thoughts on the movie itself from one of our most popular shows ever, the Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. So if you want to go ahead and check that out, it's available right now on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel in its entirety. And we'll go ahead and just share some thoughts on that later on in the program. But speaking of Marvel, a little bit of interesting news popped up is Doctor Strange 2, which was once slated for a May 2021 release, is getting pushed back again. It was pushed back in a reshuffling due to the coronavirus from Disney for from May to November, and it bumped Thor 
Love and Thunder to February 2022. Now it looks like it's being bumped back even further to late March in 2022. And actually Thor Love and Thunder is being moved up to the 11th of February in 2022. So this is something that is very strange indeed why it keeps getting pushed back. So I want to hear your thoughts first off, Josh. Why is Doctor Strange 2 being pushed back even farther this time around? You know, part of me wonders if it has anything to do with the Scarlet Witch show falling behind, because I know coronavirus put a, a hold on that one for a while, and I'm wondering if, because those two properties are tied so closely together, if there's something going on with the show because we that has not been given a, a solid release date yet since it was postponed. So I'm curious if it has something to do with that, or maybe it's something on Sam Raimi's schedule. I mean, they're not really pushing it back a lot. It's just, you know, maybe four or five months, but it, it's just it is weird to me that we haven't heard anything about the show that is allegedly supposed to lead into this new Doctor Strange film. So yeah, I'm 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 curious what's going on behind the scenes. I don't think Marvel has all their ducks in a row right now because everything's so unstable and unpredictable. You know, as for the the Spider-Man threequel, you know, that is now taking that spot. I'm hoping that that's not going to down the quality of the film. You know, I don't want to see something rushed out to theaters just to fill that original spot, but you know, everything's so unstable and unpredictable right now that I doubt that this will be the last release date shift that we see from Marvel, possibly for even these films. I believe you're correct on that. I think it's not going to be the last time that we're going to see a reshuffling of the deck for these Marvel films. But you got to remember, now that makes, as of now, Doctor Strange 2 the last film on the tail end of Phase 4. So Phase 5 is supposed to be coming out right after that, which means... If they hold true to their history, or at least their recent history, that means that there's going to be a release sometime in May. So you have Octavio here, a movie coming out in February, a movie coming out in March, and a movie coming out most likely starting in Phase 5 in May, as of right now. Because you don't want to go ahead and pass up on May, because May is traditionally one of the largest volume points for the movie box office there is during the course of the year. So... What does this say when you have possibly in 2022 a loaded lineup, February, March, May, and possibly even another movie down later in the year, most likely for Marvel? Could this be a point where in 2022 a lot of people are saying, I've had too much Marvel? Well, honestly, I think it just depends on how much people are going to enjoy the upcoming titles. Marvel has hit it in such a way that I think people don't really get tired of them because they've been doing it for such a long time and they, they keep just hitting you with surprises and they always pull something out of a bag in a tight spot because I feel like they know what they're doing at some point, especially with all these pushbacks. I feel like they, they're finding a way to work around it fairly well. I could just be giving them a, a really high benefit of the doubt, but I think they're going to handle it pretty elegantly, I guess. Well, I, I'm not going to say I disagree with you on that. I'm just thinking that it's going to be Marvel after Marvel after Marvel. Josh, I want to ask you this. The general audience, I mean, the Marvel fans and the, the hardcores will go ahead and see it, but there's a possibility one of those movies could get shortchanged just because simply you have too much Marvel within a short period of time. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I don't think this is going to be the last time these release dates are shuffled around. But yeah, I can I can see... 
having too much Marvel. I don't think that it, it's, you know, we're in any danger right now of that being a, a possibility just because it's been so long since we've seen a, a new Marvel film in theaters. The coronavirus has kind of put a halt to a lot of things. But, you know, putting them too close together, I feel like there's a lot of potential for them stepping on their own feet in terms of their timeline. You know, we had that big timeline debacle with what was it, Homecoming, that had the the scene with the vulture in it when he's unloading the boxes or whatever in the beginning of the film. So there's a lot of potential for that to happen, you know, and I think that before they even solidify anything, they need to make sure the timelines in the films are right because that if there's one thing that Marvel fans have not been forgiving on, it's those timelines not making any sense. So that's something they need to make sure that the, their writing is solid and all their dates are solid before they even worry about when they're releasing these things because by shuffling them around you are creating the potential for that to happen and what josh is referring to is when sony released spider-man homecoming and the vulture was in the beginning of the movie with his crew taking things from the destruction from the first avengers movie yeah it was then somebody called them out on that on twitter and then that created a whole thing so they had to go back and relook at everything and try to figure out how to match that all up again and that was a big headache for them because her timeline really didn't fit 100% after that. So, Octavio, I'm going to ask you this. With the Marvel Cinematic Universe basically right now in a state of flux, because I, I agree with Josh, I don't think this will be the last time we see a reshuffling of the Marvel movies. And especially with no Comic-Con this year, they don't really have to have any type of official concrete announcement setting for it. So I want to ask you this. Is this going to be the last time you're going to see a Marvel reshuffling anytime soon? Or are you going to go ahead and see more Marvel movies mixed around? I think because of the way things have just been going already, they want to have it locked down. But I don't think that's a promise. I think there might be more to come later just because the virus keeps creating a bit of like a sense of uncertainty we keep pushing things around and i think they're not certain either not just quite yet especially because they don't there's still a lot of production to go into these things and there's still a lot of people who have to work on these things and i don't know if they want to risk sickness of those that are working for them so i'll leave you with this josh that leaves 2021 with eternals and shang chi because Shang-Chi was moved back, the Eternals were moved back. So right now you have Eternals coming in February of 2021 and Shang-Chi in May of 2021. Nothing else behind it for the rest of the year. Do you think that these two unproven properties, these, these new IPs to the movies per se, not obviously to the comic books, but to the movie end of it per se, do you think these two new IPs for Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe are good enough to satisfy Marvel fans for an entire year. I mean, that's the hope. They took a huge risk with a film like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that was a, an IP that nobody had ever heard of. You know, the, the kids who grew up watching X-Men in the 90s got a brief, you know, little taste of what the Guardians of the Galaxy were because the whole relationship between Star-Lord and Cyclops. But that was something that people didn't really know a lot about and they're pleasantly surprised by how well it did so i think that marvel's kind of banking on that magic to happen twice with shang chi and the eternals and you know looking at the star power behind the eternals i think they're kind of leaning heavily on that as well 
is it enough to hold people over? I think it, it will be. I don't think that either of those films ends up tanking. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, gross, I'm done with Marvel. I don't think that that's a possibility. But yeah, I think they're really kind of hoping that it is going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy. Part of their thing is sort of making these not household names. They put it with like a, a, a cool freshness for those who are familiar with those properties. And they like to add a lot of awesome, awesome twists for those who don't generally know these heroes. And I think Shang-Chi is going to really prove itself. I'm personally very excited for it. And the Eternals, like Josh was saying, has a lot of star power. And I, 2021, I think, is going to kind of wrap it up nicely with those two. For the future, I can't say. I think I'm actually more excited for the newer titles rather than the reoccurring ones, honestly. I don't know. It's I think it's just a matter of I have yet to see what they're going to do with these new heroes. I really am just genuinely curious to see what's going to happen with these new ones. We'll see what happens with that and see if general audiences are also going to be as adapting to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that fashion in 2021. Because as I said before on a previous episode, they're taking a big gamble on what's going on for next year with these unproven properties for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And 2022, that's going to be something even more strange when Doctor Strange 2 heads over to March. And as of now, in the beginning of February, we now have moved up Thor, Love and Thunder, and who knows what's coming right after that because that's the end of Phase 4. So Phase 5 is supposed to be coming up right after that, and you know they're going to come up with something in May, whether it's Doctor Strange to move back to May or something else. A lot of plans are changing right now at Marvel, so that's something to keep an eye on right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What's your thoughts out there on Doctor Strange 2 being pushed back even farther? Are you disappointed? Are you still excited for the movie as it's scheduled to come out in March of 2022? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, it's some of our thoughts from one of our most popular episodes. As a year ago, we were talking Avengers Endgame. We're going to go ahead and play a little clip from that coming up right after the break. And then after that, Octavio, myself, Roger Hamilton, and Robert Gibson, we took a trip to the Lost Mines of Vandiver. And you're going to hear a little bit of a clip from that as well later on in the program. And afterwards, on the back end of the show, Josh and I are going to talk to Octavio about his thoughts on his first trip into the world of Dungeons & Dragons, some video games to talk about before we head on out that will help you get through the pandemic, and then some thoughts on Star Wars The Clone Wars as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA... Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're live right here in 
Casa de Glassford. It is actually the Pop Culture Cosmos spoiler cast. Welcome, everyone. Hopefully, you get a chance to check out our thoughts on Avengers Endgame. We actually just watched it today. Those two over there have actually seen it twice, those lucky dogs. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos right here, but who else is here to share their thoughts on what's coming up? Spoilers galore when it comes to Avengers Endgame. Josh is here also from uh, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and I'm joined by these three idiots over here. Go ahead. You're part of the three idiots. Yeah, no, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. My name is Chad, and I'm so happy to be here with everyone in lovely Nevada. And also, I am a musician, and I, my music is called Hyper Schmidt. This is Justin. Going to talk about some Avengers, MCU, the future, stuff like that. Tony from Game Source. Part of the pop culture cosmos. Tony Stark. <laughs> Talking about some uh, some endgame stuff. Yeah, it's Jamie from Game Source hanging out with Pop Culture Cosmos guys. Everybody's here. We're just hanging out. Gonna talk some endgame. I don't know. Can I interrupt you guys real quick? Will you share with them the fact that you shared with us right when we got out of the theater today about your time frame of sleeping and how many and watching the <laughs> Avengers? This is kind of interesting. This is, I got a kick out of this. We, we, we watched Endgame last night and went back this morning to watch it again we've spent six hours watching endgame and six hours sleeping respectively <laughs> over the past 12 hours oh uh, you beat me on the sleeping that's for sure because i didn't finish the show until what 3 30 ish or whatnot nice yeah. so was it worth it in your opinion to lose that sleep for the movie oh yeah worth it yeah definitely 100 percent I mean, come on, I went twice. It had to be worth it. <laughs> twice in, in that, like, period of time? Like, it and got two definitely worth it. Right. Bye. Right. I'm going to have to think about where it lands on my list, but it's going to end up very high. So it, I strongly recommend it. It's very good. I know a lot of people will have issues with it because the first maybe two-thirds are not as action-packed as they're used to seeing from the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it tries to tell a deeper narrative. And to those who've invested their time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is a big payoff with it as far as where it goes and how they get to that point. But Lots for those, yeah, but for those that they're just jumping into it, they're going to like, okay, where's all the battles? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. just jump into it. Guys, what'd you think? So we were discussing this on the way over here. I feel like the beginning of the movie was, was a, a lot of buildup. It was cool to go back and see those, those, you know those things happen again like the battle battle of new york and all that stuff but it was just it it felt like it took too long to get there to me but then the second half of the movie was just non-stop and it was it was good you know the whole thing with the battle scene the the portals opening up all the heroes coming out like what what they make up what they lack in the the you know the beginning of the movie they more than make up for in the rest of it yeah i would have i would have liked to see like 20 minutes less of setup and twenty, then put twenty into twenty more minutes of uh, the actual the battle. Actual ba battle. Yeah, I and, and I would have loved to see each of the characters highlight their abilities a little bit more. Maybe even just ten. Maybe I, ten. Even maybe ten. ten. I would have even seven. A I bargain. Would've, I would have shaved off certain points in time just a little bit. I yeah. think, and I think you would have had the balance. Oh, sorry, balance. Sorry, yeah. pardon <laughs> the Thanos pun there. Uh, just right, I think. Just also, also every time someone's cell phone would go off, I would try to snap them out of existence. <laughs> It would, yeah. Justin, what do you think, man? I actually didn't mind the 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 build up. I made you. It, it was building. You could tell what it was doing. It was building up for the feels, with all the reminiscing over the past, you know, twenty years of uh, movie watching. 
But I just, well, what I want to say is that a casual fan or someone that is not invested, let's say you're going on a date, yeah, and you go there and somebody who hasn't even, no, there's like a million questions you have to ask, yeah, yeah, that 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 first, third half, even almost bordering on the sixty percent mark is just since it's all narrative building and it's all exposition. I could see them just going like, this is slow. This is, huh? I don't get this. But yeah. To Marvel, but to Marvel fans, it's all a lot of fan, fan service. In, I mean, in the, I mean, for casual fans, I can see in the beginning, like there's a lot of woe is me in the very beginning of the movie. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and right, rightly so. But yeah. for a casual fan, they, I mean, oh, they don't, sure. they don't know what's been going on. I was going to say, it felt like there was less character development in this and more development for the story. Like yeah. no single character was really developed much. It was more just getting them from point A to point B. Yeah, well, they, they, you're 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 working with a twenty years of established characters, but you did there was there was uh, Barton. You saw what happened to him, his evolution, you, the Hulk's whatever his thing was. <laughs> that was because he didn't get his own standalone in Walt, so they had to build it in where they could. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it would have been better than just to him explaining it at a diner. I think that would probably. Was he said he trapped trapped yeah. himself in a in a gamma room for uh, yeah eighteen weeks I would have or something liked like to that. Seen yeah, that yeah. Leave, instead of the the diner talk, I think that would have probably sufficed a little bit better. Yeah, him maybe being so troubled by what was going on, coming to that point where you know what, I'm just going to lock myself in a room, mm-hmm. and you know you see the results of that as opposed to him, like I said, just going for selfies with kids at a diner and yeah, trying an. And, sure. and an awkward moment with uh, Ant Man created from it. So, you know, right, right. It's yeah. just going for laughs. And, and yeah, I mean, it worked. So. Do you feel like we kind of lost the Hulk as a character, though, and got Banner, Banner instead? He's not the Hulk that we want, but he's the Hulk that we deserve, asked for, but he's the Hulk we got. No? I think, too, like I said, a lot of it balances back on the fact that they, he didn't get his own origin story, basically, the way it should have, the yeah. way they wanted. Yeah. But at the same time, is this the right mixture of Banner and Hulk that we wanted to see? It's the balanced version. We did get a little bit of it in like the return to the Battle of New York stuff, but yeah. like you you miss that like the the comedy of it, just mm-hmm. having like this big old frustrated Hulk running around. I liked the Hulk from uh Thor Ragnarok where he was still the Hulk, but he had lines yes. as the Hulk. Yes. Yeah. When him, like him and Thor are having those arguments, yeah. I mean, like to me, even then he came off as more the intelligent Hulk that we know from like you know the storylines that we all know, yeah, as opposed to this one, and yeah, that's what they were trying to do with this one, but it, it just didn't come off right. Well, let's break it down as far as the first part when it comes to the opening part where you're you know, you actually start off just real suddenly right after the trailers, it just hits you right there. Right on the Barton I asked, farm. Is it, has it started? Exactly. I, over yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to fade in personally. I thought that would have been better instead of just like a hard, cool. hard one real hard out there, a hard shot. And I would have liked a little bit more emotion from Clint. You know, once he realized that, you know, or or let allowed him to have more emotion, more than time. more time, just even another thirty seconds to give him time to just really be devastated, and you see that devastation, so you could so you could feel more for what he does after that. I'm sure there is that. It's just edited out of the movie, and plus, that's not a it's not a kid friendly scene. Do you think they right. should have let him see his family disintegrate instead of just making like he turned his back and all of a sudden they're all gone? Um, I thought it was cre- I thought it was a, a creative way to do it. Well, because l- look at the the scene with Spider Man, right, right in Infinity War. I don't feel so well, Mister Stark. Right. And he disintegrates. Well, yeah, they, they, they never show that kids was a, disintegrating in the no, of the movie. No, but that was a that was a powerful moment for me. 
but dynamically speaking to like to give someone that dessert of level of emotion but at the beginning he, of the movie and I think he, would, like i see why they wouldn't in the beginning i, I get what you're saying but you realize when he does that the russo is doing it to his own daughter one of the, it's one of the russo's daughters oh that's the girl yeah, yeah. But the the change from because in the comic books he turns into Ronin because you know Hydra kills his family, but in this he's his family disintegrates. He goes, I'm gonna just go out and murder a bunch of people. So it it, it seems like the change was so drastic that it would have been more believable to me if they showed him like seeing his family disintegrate. See, I'm thinking about it as we're talking about. I've I've tends to read because it. Now, the more I talk about it, the more flaws, however slight they are, they seem to poke out a little bit more, which is hard for something that should be so detailed for a three-hour movie. It has a lot of details that probably should have been put in there but got left out. I'm not saying it should have been a four-hour movie, but like yeah. you said, shave it or you keep it the three hours yeah. because it didn't, I, you know, as far as the pacing, it didn't feel bad to me as far no. as the three hour. I, no. you know, I, I, don't, I didn't mind being in the Even three in the hours. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just that the way you allot the three hours to each of those scenes, I think could have been better structured yeah. and better paced. And with that would have probably come out of it even with more casual fans. And again, I'm going back to casual fans and I'm also going back to, people just watching it for the first time they're stepping the Marvel universe and whatnot, because that makes the bulk of your money, not just the hardcores. The hardcores only give you so much of the money. It's when you connect with a larger audience that that's when you really gain success. Mm -hmm. And those people, they will be able to connect more if they just uh, done some little tweaks here and there to each too, too many of those scenes. But you know, we're, go ahead. You, you're saying. Could though, like you were saying, you know, so they're going for the casual fan base, but could couldn't that have been a backfire as well? Because your casual fan base coming in at this point in the juncture of everything, where do they go after that? But, but they you see this amazing movie they don't know anything about before it. It's not a good access point. So they have nowhere to go after. But you have to, you know, just by the sheer numbers it's going to do, there are going to be some people seeing this for the first time oh, or people who have seen a limited number of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie because there will be no more movies successful than this one. It's yeah. so before this airs, it will already be over a billion dollars. So yeah, it's just coming to the point where they also have to go ahead and make sure that they have that universe at least started. And I think they did a little bit of that as far as the the you know the characters that they actually kept alive, yeah, and that the ones that they actually killed yeah. off. Although there is some questions that, that you know Jamie and Tony and I were talking about when in regards to that, but. Go, any parts in the beginning that you really, uh, you know, and then also led into uh, Tony Stark. It, you know, it showed him as far as his future is concerned, and that that comes into play. And that's because he has a daughter. Him and Pepper Potts has a daughter, which uh, starts to really come into play as far as his thought process is concerned. Yeah, um, as far as the beginning of the movie goes, um, I enjoyed it. I. I was a little thrown off when we went and saw it last night. Like it just straight jumping in. I was yeah, just just, like, oh, if okay. you're not paying attention, if you're right. like reaching for your popcorn, it's not, oh, there's uh, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Uh -huh. Is this like a. Did I miss the flash of yeah. people already? Yeah. Is this a trailer? I mean, not counting the time jumps to grab the stones. You think that there's too many, because there are three time jumps in the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. that didn't have anything to do with the stones, right? You had the part with, with Clint. They had the part where they went and uh, chopped off Thanos' head, and then they had the five years later thing. Do you think that's too many for a setup? I like the five years later because you do need to see the repercussions of Thanos. Otherwise, it makes Avengers Infinity War meaningless. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. You must have. They should have started there, though, and then had the other ones take place through flashback scenes. Don't just like, you know, throw us into it. it at least like with the Barton scene, say, hey, this happened so and so weeks or days ago. I really loved Marvel's commitment to like the beer belly Thor. <laughs> well, Captain Marvel is actually what I want to talk about because you all saw Captain Marvel, correct? Mm-hmm. At the end scene where she comes back to the Avengers headquarters, it seems out of place because of the fact that you have to watch that scene to get an idea of why she's there and how she gets there. Because in the movie, there's no context for it. She's just she she never introduces herself. They don't no. ever introduce this is Captain Marvel. They just she's just standing there in the room with them. They and assume they just, yeah. you watch that and very and very presumptuous. So, guys, any last thoughts? I know we're kind of burnt out after our full spoiler cast for talking about it at nauseum, seemingly, but mm. still it was a great conversation. I, I enjoyed it hearing your thoughts, spoiling it for everybody out there. And but yeah, any last thoughts? Anything you want to plug on the way out? Josh, Humanicomania, he's burned out. He's he's all marveled out for now. He's already going through that PTSD. Uh, I'll, I'll plug my album. Yeah, there you go. Go I, ahead. I'm 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 going to be releasing my self-titled album. It's going to be on Spotify. I don't know. I'm actually not all the way sure what it's going to be called right now, but that's okay. I'm pretty sure it'll just be Hyper Schmidt. Buy this album, please. There you Buy go. It, please, yeah. Stream it. Share it. That's, add it to your playlists. As as uh, Chad would say, Hyper Schmidt. That's Hyper and S C H M I T T. That's right. I like that right there. Nice. All right, Justin. Anything going on with Topic Apocalypse? No, just like I said, just tune in. Topic Apocalypse at any uh, all social media. We release episodes uh, usually once a week. Just new content, getting better. Just tune in. Uh, that sounds good. And and last guys, Game Source. Same, just tune in, stay up with us. We're getting ready to do some things with um, Game Source Plus One. I know Gerald likes doing that. Yes, yes, I like these mysterious things that you're talking about. Yes, yes, it's so, good. Just keep an eye out, and you know, we'll still keep trying to do this as much as we can. Lots and of I, things in the pipeline, but not sure if we're gonna bring it out there yet. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And Josh, it looks like he's completely done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have stuff I'm working on, but I just um, my brain's fried to get today, guys. I'm sorry. I don't have a release date for it yet. Make so, one up right now. So I wrote a book. It's done. It'll be out soon. Just keep following my social media pages. It's called Congratulations, You Suck. But anyways, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. It is, again, Pop Culture Cosmos, Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And welcome to the first adventure in the realm of Dungeons & Dragons. We're here right now to go ahead and 
and start for a couple of us here, our first time in either period or first time in many years like myself, ready to get into it right now for a fantastic adventure in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, I think we're heading into the Lost Mines of Fandiveth. So without further delay, I want to go ahead and introduce the cast that's here with us today from Go Brothers Gaming. First off, my good friend and newbie to the world of Dungeons and Dragons, it is Octavio Gomez. Octavio, you all ready for this? Way to throw me under the bus, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm very ready. I'm excited. I got my character okay. here, itching for adventure. Can you uh, tell me a little bit more about your character? Yeah, let me go ahead and give you a little something off the character sheet here. His name's Gomener Kane. He is a soldier. He's a cleric dwarf. And he's going to be helping you out on your quest through these mines. And we're going to be hopefully healing a bunch bunch of people, doing our job, helping out, I'm, supporting. I'm sure you're going to be healing me quite a bit because of my own stupidity. But that's the sign. Robert Gibson is here as well. Robert, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on today's adventure. Just wanted to go ahead and tell us why you're excited about being part of today's game and a little bit about your character as well. Yeah, um, I got back into Dungeons Dragons about a couple years ago, but never did it online. So this was my first time online playing it. I'm playing Lightfoot Halfling Rogue, actually, from, well, I'm spinning it off from the uh, Ravica book. So the background is from Arachnus Cultus, playing with fire, a little bit of chaotic. He's put a little twist to the game. Well, that sounds great. I, I cannot thank you enough for being here. I'm just so happy that everybody could make it. But, you know, we got to have a dungeon master to go ahead and round us up all together and head us out into our adventure. And with us today is a great dungeon master indeed. Setting this up last minute for us, we just truly cannot thank him enough for doing so. Roger Hamilton. Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, no problem, Gerald. I'm glad to be here. Glad I could help out. But we are excited for an adventure. And before we go into it, I want to go ahead and introduce my character. He is a human fighter and a folk hero, no less. His name is Shamat Khan. Let me give you a background. I, I had created this. I thought this was kind of something that I really went into. But here we go. Following in a long line of bounty hunters as part of the Shamash clan, Khan remained steadfast in his lifelong quest to seek out those who turned their back on law and order. His years of training has served him well, and after a largely successful run with his homeland as a peace officer, he now seeks out new challenges and quests to thwart evil at any cost. He does this to appease his belief in justice, but also to play to his sense of morality and guilt for the one mistake that he can never atone for. Ooh. I don't know what that mistake is. I didn't get that far down, but you know what? Hey, at least everyone in mystery there. So without further delay, Roger, DM, I hand it over to you. Let's go ahead and delve into the Lost Minds of Fendibit. All right. So in the city of Neverwinter, a dwarf named Gundren Rockseeker asked you guys to bring a wagon load of provisions to the rough and tumble settlement of Fandolin. A couple of days travel southeast to the city, Gundren was clearly excited and more than a little secretive about his reasons for the trip, saying only that he and his brothers had found something big and that he'd pay you 10 gold pieces each 
were escorting his supplies safely to Barthen's Provisions, a trading post in Fandolin. He then set out ahead of you on horse, along with a warrior escort named Sildar Hallwinter, claiming he needed to arrive early to take care of business. You spent the last few days following the high road south from Neverwinter, and you just recently veered east along the Tribor Trail. You've encountered no trouble so far, but this territory can be dangerous. Bandits and outlaws have been known to lurk along the trail. All right, so we've got a wagon and horse. Who is going to be driving the wagon? I think I would like to be at the head of this horse. Okay. <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you are driving. So who is on the lookout while you guys are, are driving along here on the trail? I'll be on the lookout. Okay, so pull up your character sheet and give me a perception check. So you're going to open up your character sheet and click on where it says perception. And that should roll the dice, and that'll be our first roll of the game. There we go. Now, the way these rolls are set up, it automatically rolls for advantage and disadvantage, so it automatically does two rolls. If we're not rolling with advantage or disadvantage, we just take the first number. Your roll for that would be a 16. Okay, so that's that's your perception. That's actually a good perception. And so as you guys are just going along the trail, there's nothing very interesting happening right now. Just going through the open fields, there's not much trees or anything happening. So we're getting off of the, the high road and moving on to the Tribor Trail. A little more unsavory. It's not really a road. It's it's a trail, so a little rougher going. You're starting to get into a little bit more trees and, and high brush, things like that. Go ahead and give me another perception roll. All right, seven. I'll take my other second one. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the dice say no. So as you're going along, you're not really noticing much. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. But there are things happening. Hopefully they're not of the unsavory nature like the trail. So much stuff on this side of the game. <laughs> well, I feel like we're being set up for the slaughter here. We're just going la 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 kind of how it works yeah that's reassuring <laughs> so suddenly to your right you see a face pop out of behind a tree it's a small humanoid creature kind of greenish and groaner you just got shot i wonder what i did to him <laughs> darn <laughs> he did five points of damage Oh. So much for being at the head of the horse, huh? <laughs> Definitely injured. All right. Yeah, so right now you are considered bloodied. We use the term bloodied when a character or a creature is at half health. So it's kind of a a DM's way of, of saying, Yeah, you're 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 really getting this one down. So, you have this little green guy who just popped out from behind a tree and shot you. What do you guys want to do? I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm going to attack the little bugger. All right. 
So we're going to go into combat now. So on your character sheet, click initiative. I got 11-ish. I got a, got a decent little 7. You got to have better initiative, man. What's up with that? You know, I'm I'm just uh I'm just a little shy, a little little shorter in stature, but because you you're know. driving the horse, man, you're driving the horse. This is also true. <laughs> of course, watch me be the first one that gets killed. I mean, I'm already halfway there. Well, you know what, cleric, heal thyself. Carl, you are up first. What are you gonna do? I'm 15 feet away. Can use a ranged weapon. Okay. I'm going to use my longbow then. I'm going to use my longbow. So then you go ahead and click on the longbow, and it should give you a roll. 16 plus 2, 22 plus 2. All right, so we're going to go with the, the first one because it's not an advantage or a disadvantage situation. And that does hit because his armor class is lower than 16. So you did 11 points of damage, and you have... That guy. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. First kill of the game. Killed that sucker. I have been avenged. Well, I'm not yes. quite dead yet, but, you know, the I opportunity presented back, itself. I tell you. Uh, I'm very bloody. But now his buddies are coming out. Oh, no. <laughs> There's always bigger fish. Is there a run feature in this game? <laughs> you have a max speed for your character. I love Pokemon. I may be using that max speed. Actually, you can do a run. What you can do is a dash action. So if your turn, you decide that you want to run as far as you possibly can, whatever your, your speed is, like if your speed is 30, Instead of actually doing something on your turn, you can run your full speed and use your action to run your full speed again. That's called a dash. But then you don't get to attack or anything. So what do you say, guys? What are we going to do? We got coming out on opposite sides of us. Okay. So is this possible? I can sneak up behind Shaman there and use my short bow. Like move, like behind the human fighter, use my short bow, make it look like he shot the shot. Take my bonus action and hide behind him. <laughs> you certainly try. <laughs> Part of my feature is that in your own, that they can not only move through larger creatures' space, but they can hide while scared by larger creatures as well. Right. So the so first question would be to me, how was your game? Oh, I played a human shield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, exactly. I knew I should have changed classes. I was like, <laughs> meet shield. <laughs> Give me a stealth roll. I check on this guy's perception. Okay, yeah, he didn't notice you back there, so you go ahead and attack. That definitely hits. Alright, so that's a 11. And you're shooting at the guy at the bottom there, right? I'm shooting at the guy at the bottom, yeah. Sneaky, uh -huh. sneaky. You got another dead goblin. Alright, goblin's down. Two down, one to go. Nice okay. work, Robert. Oh, now you're hiding behind the dwarf. <laughs> hey, you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a halfling, so you can do that. Well, I mean, a halfling will, will be able to hide behind a dwarf because you're smaller. Yeah, I'm smaller than a dwarf, yeah. So, Tavio, you're up. I'm up. 
Do us proud, man. Do us proud. We got one each. You got one on the kill slot each. Got to go for another one. <laughs> okay, so first, I think I'm going to cure my wounds real quick, just in case. Plus five to get my max. So you're at 10 hit points? I'm at 10 hit points, and therefore I am more fit to be a human shield. So I'm going to keep on hiding my halfling buddy, and I'm just going to stand right here. All right. Yeah, I've got a whopping 12 hit points, so I'm not far ahead of you. Well, that's a good thing, because the goblin is going to want to attack you. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, go hide behind the dwarf. I'll have to get down on the ground, get down on the dirt there to hide behind you guys. <laughs> you have to roll for stealth. <laughs> Just a single file line of, we could do like a synchronized swimming kind of thing. So where am I rolling? What are you trying to do? Well, since my friends and cohorts are uh, hiding behind each other, we're trying to do a good job of that. I guess I'm going to go ahead I'm covering 25 feet, if you can see there. I don't know if I can cover that distance, or should I use... You have 30 feet of movement. Okay. I think I'm going to go ahead and get right on him. Okay. Folk hero in action. And I'm guessing you're going to attack with your greatsword? Yes. So go ahead and click on the greatsword and see what you get there. 14 plus 2. So... We go with the first number because you don't have advantage. And his armor class beats your attack, so you missed. So you swing your sword, and it comes down and just sort of grazes off of his shoulder. You might have scratched him a little bit, but it's not even enough to do anything. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, man, it was, it was a great sword. <laughs> not, not so great now. I should have done ranged. So, Robert, you are up next. How are we going to kill this thing? Through the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go below. That's going to work with a goblin. He's a 10, I think. Yeah, that's not going to hit his armor class. So now we've got two of you standing right next to him. Both looking at each other going like, uh-oh. Well, Robert, you can age as a bonus action so that he doesn't get an attack of opportunity and you can move away. You still have, yeah. uh, I think, five or ten feet of movement. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Alright, so Octavio, it comes back to you. It's all, all right. up to you, man. Okay, so I Don't think fail us. I have guiding bolts. Is that something I can use like right now? That is. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and click on that that guy unfortunately you're guiding <laughs> wow <laughs> we're stuck in here you're, you're just, you're we're standing. going down you, you see these other guys coming up and they're getting into melee with them and nobody seems to be able to hit this one goblin and you're getting a little nervous and you, you prepare your spell and, and your hands are, are doing what they're supposed to do with the spell and just as soon as you're about to cast it your hands shake a little bit, and this little bolt of white light just goes zipping by the goblin's ear. Just a warning shot to not mess with us. So now we're back to the goblin. He, he should feel confident. He's feeling pretty cocky now. He he is he's gonna attack Shamat again. <laughs> so all three of us whiffed. 
right. At he least missed. I whiffed from a distance. And he missed. Oh, Yay! Forget anything. <laughs> so he is going to try to move away, which means, Shamat, you are going to get an attack of opportunity. So you get to do one melee attack against him. I will take that melee. Oh, yeah, you get opportunity attack. Mm-hmm. Just using my great sword again, which wasn't yep. so great last time around. Okay, here we go. Wish us luck, gang. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is a hit. Let's go ahead and roll some damage. There we go. Fingers crossed, guys. All right. Nine flashing. He's hurt, I would assume, but not killed. Actually, you killed another goblin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There we go. I was about to get ready to say, oh, no, we suck again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... You just vanquished three goblins. Nothing else is coming out right at the moment that you see. What do you guys want to do? Well, I'll take a look around. I want to investigate the goblins and the area as well. Okay. I'll look for tracks. I'll see where they came from. I'll see like, which direction they came from, stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what. Sounds good. Part one of our trip has just been a great adventure so far. Robert, Roger, I cannot thank you enough. Octavio, truly appreciate your time here as well. Thank each and every one of you guys for being a part of this. You know, it's just been an incredible time so far, and we will get together to do part two very soon as we head back into the world of Dungeons and Dragons and the Lost Minds of Fendibit, right here of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. want to thank so much Octavio Gomez for being on the show today. Also as well, Robert Gibson and Roger Hamilton for their part in our trip for what was for me a long time and for what was Octavio, his first time into the world of Dungeons and Dragons in the Lost Minds of Fandover. Stay tuned because this week on the Game Source channel, we're going to go ahead and hopefully, if everything works out, go back into the Lost Minds of Fandover because there's a lot of stuff we need to do in part two. So I'm looking forward to that. So Octavio... You had your first round of Dungeons and Dragons. What were your thoughts? I really enjoyed just the interactiveness of just the whole world. You know, uh, there was a, there was a part at some point where one of our teammates was just performing in a tavern, and we were visiting a shrine at the same time, and he was having his own thing going on. And then just the possibility of anything happening, even if it's not a consequence of your choice to begin with the action started when i got shot just riding a buggy with you guys and that was just fun to see how that plays out after a while so give me the rundown what was the process like creating your character 
Well, we had originally to create our own characters from scratch. Somewhere along the way, we just kind of went with a couple presets that were well rounded out for our campaign. So I had actually a lot of work done for me. But at the same time, I still do want to like go back and maybe try building my own character. You know, I picked a dwarf cleric. I was originally going to be something else, but uh, I figured we needed a healer somewhere along the way. And it only worked out for me because I don't think any of us really got hurt all too bad. So I had to heal myself, but it came, you know, in handy. But the backstory was already made and they already have personality traits, backgrounds, statistics. It's all just really, really in-depth and fun. And that's the one thing we learned that not only, like Octavio says, that he and I were experimenting with creating our own characters and or being part of a world that is going to be created for us. There was also what we actually got into. There's already so much out there that's already pre-made. So on the fly, the person who stepped in as a DM had a preset adventure already, had preset characters that he could go ahead and give us just so that in case that something happened, which it did, we were able to go ahead and still play a game that was for hours and hours of, of enjoyment that lasted for us that we're still eager to get back into. So that's the great thing about Dungeons & Dragons. Whether you create it from scratch or you need something really set on the fly that you can do in a hurry, you have that option for both. I know, Octavio, you wanted to go ahead and talk to us about some games that people can go ahead and play through at this point in time. So I want to hear your thoughts. And Josh, too, on games that you guys are playing that you highly recommend to get through this pandemic? For nostalgic purposes, at the top of my list here, my top 10 for uh, quarantines, I put Mario 64. I got an emulator on my computer and I just went to town on Mario 64. I was playing nonstop for such a long time and I didn't even mean to, but it just happened. Such a great game still, it still holds up. I, I think it's still a lot of fun and revisiting all those worlds and doing all those little interesting little quests, sliding off of slides and getting frustrated. It's all just really, really good fun. And under that, I had Jet Set Radio Future. Back in the day for me and my brother, we just had absolute, like, we went crazy over this game. The graphics are a little interesting. They're like almost comic-y sometimes. It's like, it's just overall a lot of fun. It's just a bunch of kids skating, having fun with a fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. Another thing that's been getting me through this quarantine with my cousins and my family just all together, Rocket League, we have a lot of fun playing that. So it's a fun, safe way to kind of do what we usually do with social distancing. Oh, there you go. That's a great list so far. Josh, mm -hmm. do you have any choices? Right now, I am playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And this is the first, like, I love this game. Like, it is so good. It's so well put together. And it's it's just, it's very, very cinematic, which is appropriate because, you know, the when the first Final Fantasy VII came out, that was one, I think um, Six might have done this too, but this was the first time they really experimented with those, like, beautiful CGI cutscenes. You know, and it's, so it feels very appropriate that they would make a game that feels this cinematic be a final fantasy remake so i've been playing that and you know this is a game that I, i've i i'm on chapter six right now and I'm, i don't know how much is left of the game but i am really enjoying my time with it i do i i'm also playing god of war the uh the fourth one and that one's been fun to go back to i, I forgot that there was a game plus mode on there so 
Uh, I've been kind of going through uh, leveling up more of my equipment, playing the story again. Like it, it's it's just it's a beautiful game all around. You know, other than that, I I would like to have some time to to jump into uh, Link's Awakening. Uh, I know Zelda games take a long time to play, so this feels like the right time to do it. But those are kind of what's what's uh, you know what's keeping me going through these quarantine times. What about you, Gerald? What are you playing? Right now, I'm just going back into Mass Effect. I think Mass Effect for me has always been something that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm taking it one step at a time and getting back into the world of Mass Effect. That's an experience in and of itself. Between that, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3 for the most part, until the cheesy do-it-yourself ending that's not so much do-it-yourself. I think other than that, the trilogy there is a Mass Effect is just truly something outstanding. And I think it's something everybody, if you haven't gotten into the Mass Effect trilogy, but you like those space operas, there's nothing better than Mass Effect to go ahead and get you through until you get to Mass Effect Andromeda. But we won't go there. But before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about Star Wars, The Clone Wars. That's right now on Disney+. Plus. People are really getting enthused by it because they're, also, the fact that it came back for a, a final season, obviously, to help promote the Disney Plus brand. But the fact that it's actually a great season that's wrapping up this entire series. So, Octavio, I want to hear your thoughts. Their latest episode is really garnering acclaim and is being considered right now as one of the best episodes in the series all time. Your thoughts on how Star Wars The Clone Wars is wrapping up its series. Well, as a longtime viewer, because I, you know, I was just a little one watching from the beginning and I loved it all the way through. It's just amazing to see them come back with such a good season. Some of the best action sequences that they've had in the entire show, definitely. And just really like, it's funny because you can't even realize how good the animation has improved until you compare it to the old ones, like side by side almost, but it has improved so much and it's, such a beautiful, beautiful work that they've put into the new season. And the way it's wrapping up is it's chilling. It's so good. And the, what they're doing to the backstory and kind of intertwining it with the movies at this point, it's, it's just all very well done on their part. Josh, any thoughts on Star Wars The Clone Wars before we head on out? You know, it's a show that I've always wanted to invest in, and I did watch the original movie, but I just have not had time to sit down and watch the rest of it. And everyone keeps telling me I need to, and I feel dumb for not doing it, but I will. One day, I will watch all of the Clone Wars, all of the clones. Well, hopefully you will, because from all reports and from a lot of critics out there that the series is wrapping up in probably its best form yet, which is rare for a television series to wrap up with its best episodes leading into the finale. And that's something you don't see very much of out there when it comes to series. People are usually let down, disappointed, what have you. But it looks like Star Wars The Clone Wars, for now, is wrapping up in the best way possible. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars The Clone Wars? Are you catching the episodes on Disney Plus? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. All right, guys, Octavio Gomez, just great having you aboard. Josh Peterson, once again, my friend, as always, great to have you aboard as well. Any last thoughts, guys, before we head on out? Shout out Ray Park for doing the uh, animations for Darth Maul still. 
Also, if you are a gamer, I was unaware of this until recently, but most games, except for the ones that come straight from the publishers, are $10 cheaper at Walmart. So if you're in the market, that would be a good place to go. Save a little money. Save a little money indeed. And don't forget, if you can, please support all of our shows. Five-star rating wherever you can on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go ahead and make reviews like subscribe whatever you can do to help us out we truly appreciate it from all of our shows right here at the pop culture cosmos so for octavio gomez and josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great Claire here with a special announcement. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't cancel Dr. Geek's laboratory. It fell into development purgatory thanks to MacGuffinite crystals or some such science from fiction nonsense. I've put an end to that. I locked all the staff inside the laboratory for the duration of the crisis. Now they can create 24-7 without petty distractions like home lives or free will. Look for new Dr. Geek episodes coming soon. The gay dynamics last up against the wall when the robots rise. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.